0: Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. This segment is brought to you by Carnivora. Music is something that most people enjoy and Research shows it also has therapeutic and healing properties. Music can help decrease chronic pain and lower depression. It helps stimulate serotonin and dopamine levels, the body's neurotransmitters that regulate our emotional well-being. Music can lower the heart rate, blood pressure, and reduce the stress hormone called cortisol. Joining us today is Bill Protzman, an accomplished musician who has spent decades studying the healing powers of music. If you want to know how music can improve your health, stay tuned, pun intended. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman. Changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest started piano lessons at three years old. He grew up playing and performing and then recording records. And he soon realized the discipline of playing the piano was also a behavioral health care practice. After seeking non-traditional audiences, he began to understand the true healing power of music. This includes Alzheimer's patients and people struggling with physical or emotional injuries, stressed-out business people, parents, and caregivers. In 2011, he launched Music Care Incorporated, a for purpose corporation that teaches practical ways music can be used for self-care. His work has received an award of excellence by the National Council for Behavioral Health the equivalent of an Oscar. He is an associate member of the American Music Therapy Association and a member of the Healing Music Organization. Welcome to the show, Bill Protzman.
1: Doctor, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on.
0: Great topic. You know, share with us first a little bit about your background and how music went from entertainment to being used as therapy.
1: You know, when you're a piano player, um, you're kind of stuck because you can't carry your axe around with you. You have to sort of be in the presence of one,
0: <laughs> right. which
1: means that we, more than any other musicians, have to be careful about um, how we get to our audiences. It's important to have that, you know, a decent instrument. Right. And so um, a long time ago, I noticed that people were sort of carrying their pianos around with them when they were famous. You could bring a grand piano and then it became keyboards and all of that. And the portability of what I do um, sort of blasted me out of my space because I couldn't always have a piano there. Right. And without the piano, you begin to notice very quickly what's going on when music is in the space. Yeah. So if I were at a bar or a concert, or whatever, I'd be looking around to see how people were reacting. And the funny thing for me was that it wasn't like there was a predictable way that you could say, this music will always give you that result. It isn't like that. But you could notice people responding to music. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'd be, you know, jumping around like a rave and sometimes it'd be very peaceful and quiet. I've I've watched in audiences as people come to tears or just get this amazing feeling of joy and peace and you can see it in people's faces. And and that got me thinking, you know, there must be something more going on here because this this sound and rhythm, this this modality that is music that we all know about and kinda like, it's got power. And it's got power that goes way beyond uh, what we might think of as, I, I hate to use judgmental terms in this, but, but I'll say it, it has power that goes way beyond the negative or positive uh, effects that we experience. Like if you don't like a piece of music, you respond in a certain way. But if right. you like a piece of music, you respond in a different way. So um, all of these things sort of began to trigger my thought about it and make me wonder how it is that I've been responding at the piano as a musician All these years that I've been doing this, that curiosity really sparked up uh, what I do now, which is teach people about how it works, you know, and how you can give it to yourself. Like, it's something that that you can take in and use to activate your own superpowers that that are there, just waiting for you to do that.
0: Yeah. Share with us, what's the best way to use music as therapy? Do you recommend laying in a quiet place and listening to music on earphones, or is having it playing in the background while we do housework just as effective?
1: You know, the best way is to practice to it. So if there's a specific purpose that you need music to uh, enliven, like working out, that's a good one,
0: Right. having
1: a a structured playlist that carries you through your workout is a really valuable thing. Maybe it starts out with a heart rate that's a little lower than what you're going to need 30 minutes into your workout. Right. So organizing your music in a way that gives you a ride through whatever the process is, and then practicing to that music, actually listening to that music. is a a great way to prepare because ultimately there are going to be times where you don't have your music. And if you've practiced, we're really good at remembering songs, sound, rhythm, words. We do that. That's part of who we are as human beings. That playlist that you've practiced can be deployed without having to hear it. Your body will remember the responses. Your physiology just remembers those responses. And the moment you think of the music, the physiological response is there for you just like a little gift So I'd recommend practicing to play listen. You can do that sitting still, or if you're working Mm -hmm. out, you can do it working out. But as long as you bring your intention to interact with it and allow yourself to be aware of those interactions, that kind of practice will serve you well, whether you're working out or dialing up gratitude, if you want to connect emotions to gratitude in a way that's therapeutic.
0: Yeah. What about depression and thoughts of suicide? It's a major health crisis affecting millions, and this is something that you have personally dealt with. How did you use music to help add needed light during your dark times?
1: This is a really great question. There are so many people in the world who try to turn away from feelings they don't like, right? and that was me too for a long time as a child and in my adolescence. I was taught to suppress anger, and when I did that, I wound up being very depressed. So those feelings I didn't want to experience, they just got stuffed into a tank where they fed my depression, which is great because I love playing big romantic piano music. I mean, classical music like Rachmaninoff and Beethoven, it's really rich for me. But I realized they're just feelings. They're big feelings. Don't get me wrong. I mean, my job is big emotion. But those big feelings are there for a purpose. They have a real reason. And whether that's me performing something to convey a feeling to an audience or me experiencing that feeling as it becomes conveyed to me, it's okay. It's all right. I can go that deep in safety and really reach the bottom of the well you know, and find out what the gold coins are that are down there in the dark and mm-hmm. the cold water. I can, I can pick up those coins. But I couldn't get there unless I allowed that deep emotion. So my own experience of being suicidally ideated is that. I allow myself to go deep, not with the intention of doing anything about it, but with the intention of learning what it feels like, to be able to get to that feeling. And that's safe if you're sitting in a chair with headphones on. You know, If, if you don't have a rope or a gun near you, you're going to be fine listening to music. And oftentimes, it can unlock things that are otherwise not available to you that The willingness to find a deep, safe emotion is something I think that we need to embrace a little bit more instead of denying ourselves that opportunity. And I I get it. Please understand. So if you're listening to this and you're an angry person like I was, I was an angry young man, um, there's power in anger. And if you can figure out how to use it for good, you'll be okay with that power. And actually, it'll be quite powerful. I mean, we've done some amazing things in, in the world history out of anger of forming America was done, but it wasn't done in a destructive way. Yes, we had to fight for our freedom, but that anger motivated us to create something that's pretty durable. And this lasted Mm -hmm. for a pretty long time, you know? So there's, there's power in anger. And if you practice going to that place in safety, you're going to have access to that power in a way that I think will be surprising. It was surprising to me.
0: Yeah, so true. Something I'll share that many of our listeners uh, probably can relate to. Uh, I listen to talk radio and the news on the way to and from work. And one day I noticed I was depressed. I was in a bad mood. I was clenching my teeth. My entire upper back was tense. And I decided to turn off all the political talk, the doom and gloom news and play some music instead. Bill, immediately my shoulder blades relaxed. I stopped clenching my jaw. I was in a great mood all day. And, you know, with people experiencing so much stress in life, shouldn't psychologists recommend music as part of The therapy wouldn't
1: that make sense? Oh my gosh, you said it absolutely. I've been to uh, therapists who use music, like ring a singing bowl before the therapy, or I actually did EMDR with a therapist with music that orbited my left and right ear. So yes, absolutely. And there's this this entrainment quality that you just demonstrated to music. If you put on music, your heart rate is going to sort of sync up with the music. Your breathing's going to sync up with the music, with the pulse in the music. Um, other things about us sync up to that, too, in very interesting ways. And thanks to neuroscience, we now can actually see how these things are working with fMRI and stuff. We we know that so much of us is interacting with that sound, but not in a, a conscious way all the time. So, yeah, offering the opportunity to patients to consciously engage with this music, with this amazing, powerful stuff. Wow, yeah. how therapeutic could that be?
0: That's so true. Talk to us about frequencies, the vibration that determines the pitch of sound. I know there's a lot of research showing the frequency of music has different effects on the body. I read that music that's 432 hertz transmits more healing energy, and 528 hertz has been shown to actually help repair damaged DNA. What's your views on frequencies? Are there certain that you tap into?
1: This is a great question. There are. There's a lot of science about this, and mm-hmm. There are certain frequencies that we respond to in certain ways. We're vibrational beings, so every human being vibrates. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And if you make a sound near us, we're going to resonate. Our eardrums will catch the sound, and then the rest of our system will respond to that, too. And obviously, if I went to this amazing concert, Owl City. If you've listened to Owl City before, you'll know it's electronic dance music. So the kick drum is huge, and, and the volume at which that concert was delivered was amazing. I had ear protection in, but the vibrations mm-hmm. were so intense that I could feel my internal organs jumping around. It was that powerful. Wow. And I was back in the stage away. So talk about a frequency. There's something to be said for that, although please, please listen to that kind of music. at That volume, use ear protection so you don't blow out your eardrums. They're the only ones you get. Yep. And from that incredible pulse, which is something you can measure in beats per minute, to the hertz frequencies where things like brainwaves and stuff operate, there's this huge spectrum. And then beyond sound, so there's light, you know, and infrared and all of that, we, mm-hmm. our systems respond to all of those vibrations. All of that vibrational energy is part of who we are. So um, my own personal preference, you mentioned the 440 versus 432. So this is a where concert orchestras agreed that concert A would be at 440 hertz. Right in something like the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was necessary to standardize that, you know, so that people could anticipate when they tuned a piano that the orchestra would be in the same, you know, basic range. You can't just tune a piano as quickly as you can tune a clarinet or an oboe. Mm-hmm. My personal preference, which is really strange, is a little, a little flat from that. Is it 432? I don't know, but like my key is A-flat. That's like the key that resonates for me which okay. is a little bit lower, uh, slightly fewer hertz than the key of A. So yeah, when it comes to 432, for me, that just feels more right and somehow. It, it, it feels more resolved, more peaceful than 440, which is a little bit more edgy. And that's just yeah. a personal preference. I can't say there's any science about why that is so for me, because I know people that resonate in other keys. It's just that's them. But there's some talk about how the 432 relates more closely to the vibrational frequency of our planet, of the Earth, than that's 440 does. And so it's, quote, more natural. And that's fine. My my sort of reasoning on all of this and the, the purpose for the conversation is to help people to explore what's available. And you can do that. You can make all kinds of noises online. You can get noises at different hertz. They have these amazing things called binaural beats. And those are measured by how fast they beat, which is a hertz measurement. So uh, there's ways to play around with this and sort of tune in to your own frequencies, the ones that work for you. And this, the crazy thing is, is you'll know. If you're listening to a certain thing, you go, yeah, you know, that really does whatever. It makes me feel this or inspires me to do that or helps me to think more clearly or helps me sleep.
0: Right.
1: And, and those particular frequencies for you will be the ones that work.
0: So could, others, could not so, so, much. so could the frequency of Metallica song have the same effects as Mozart for some people? Would they resonate better with that? It,
1: it can. I have personal experience with that. Uh-huh. A buddy of mine who's got schizophrenic tendencies, he thinks very fast. He's, he's a genius. And in order for him to slow his mind to the place where he can communicate with like regular people like you and me, right. he listens to Metallica, a metal music that would otherwise upregulate you or me. Down regulates him. It wow. puts him in a place where he can be like normal communicating with us. And then when he's done with that, he just rises right back up to the wherever it is that he orbits in his frequency you know, universe. So, yeah, it works both ways.
0: That's so interesting because I walked in on a patient who was sleeping, and he's had some emotional issues. He's been at some institutes, and he was sleeping, and I heard this. Metallica would be air supply compared to what he was listening to. It was so thrash, heavy. It was so – it was music. I mean, it was like – it's called death metal, and it relaxed him.
1: (laughs) You fell asleep. I have a buddy so, who's bipolar and a musician, and, and he's invented a genre called jazz metal. So uh-huh. jazz metal is Metallica meets, um, oh gosh, I can't even tell you, in, incredible chords and rhythms. Right. And a wall of sound that is so dense and so rich, it's it's amazing to listen to that stuff. But you really have to take some time and listen to it, it yeah. you can't put it on the background. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Right bring it so
0: it varies what about uh, when somebody can't get a song out of their head i know this happened to millions of people with queen's bohemian rhapsody after the the movie came oh. out and i've had it happen to me it, it can negatively affect my concentration sometimes my ability to fall asleep i can't get this darn song out of my head it, is this a case of, of too much of a good thing when it comes to music
1: you know i, I wish that science would explain why i, I sort of got a little catalog of how people respond to that, and it's, uh-huh. it's so annoying. It happens to me, too. And it's okay if it's a piece of music I'm working on, but often, if I'm working on some song and another one comes in, like Bohemian Rhapsody shows up, I'm like, oh man, this again? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, I asked yesterday, uh, we were talking about earworms, and the woman I was talking to said, well, you know, she likes to make, uh, replace the lyrics with comical lyrics. So, okay. as long as she's got the earworm, She's replacing all the words with words that make her laugh. <laughs> and that, that seems to do it for her. That's um, funny. I, I did I did say response. it's
0: called It's called Earworm. It actually has a name to it.
1: Yeah, it's an earworm. Yeah, it's yeah. a real-life earworm. <laughs> and they're so annoying. Most people just make an effort to let it play, like play the whole thing through. Right. And if you can conclude your earworm successfully that way, provided you know the whole song, um, that seems to you know, fix it, correct it, move it out of the conscious space and back into the background where it belongs.
0: Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that this episode is being brought to you by Carnivara. You know, for two decades now, I've interviewed experts with the hopes of bringing optimal health to you, my listeners, but unfortunately, that's not what's happening. Most guests come on here and they contradict the previous expert, leaving everyone, including me, more confused. Some say we should count calories. Others tell us to follow a keto diet. And of course, there's the paleo versus plant-based diet debate. We're told to turn left, no turn right, but there's one thing that almost every expert agrees on. Inflammation is the root cause of all disease. Even a lack of energy or difficulty sleeping could be from internal inflammation. This is why I'm excited to share a wonderful product that I take to keep my immune system and inflammation in check. It's called Carnivora, made from extracts of the Venus flytrap. This plant-based nutritional powerhouse contains 17 naturally occurring compounds that helps lower inflammation and support a healthy immune system. If you want to decrease inflammation and boost your immune system, order Carnivora today at Carnivora.com. Say goodbye to internal inflammation, boost your immune system, and start living the healthy life that you deserve. Carnivora.com. I read an interesting study uh, that was uh, sharing how music can bring back a memory more than any other stimulation, more than sight, smell, taste, or touch. I know when I hear a song from the 80s or 90s, I could tell you exactly where I was and what year it came out. Can this memory-inducing power of music be used to help people with dementia or Alzheimer's disease?
1: Sure. Uh, My colleagues in the music therapy world have done a ton of work on this. And it sounds like they're my colleagues. The Music therapy itself is very interested in dementia and Alzheimer's and autism and being able to care for people in those sort of memory-sensitive uh, places. There's actually a documentary called Alive Inside where, in real time, they bring people who are suffering with dementia and Alzheimer's headsets and music players, and you can watch these people on screen change from having no effect to interacting, talking, singing, tapping their feet, becoming way more human. And the the science there is that basically it triggers your lizard brain. So the, the amygdala and hippocampus, where the memories are stored and mm-hmm. where we process emotion, uh, are so basic to who we are. It's not called a lizard brain for, for no reason. It's like the base of the brain where all of that primary stuff takes place. That's where, when we hear things, that's where the the, the feelings are triggered and the response is triggered. And the memories, too, and the memories are locked in there. And the music that opens up those memories to be replayed in real life, in real time, for people who are challenged um, with memory issues, oh, that's such a beautiful thing to see. And you can get yeah. on YouTube. I think it's out there, Alive Inside. What a great interesting,
0: movie. Yeah, I've definitely got to check that out. I know music stimulates an audio response, but when I actually, when I hear music from the 80s, back when MTV just came on the scene, I see music in my, in my mind as a video. I can't listen to White Snakes, Here We Go Again, and not see the lovely Tawny Katane doing somersaults on the hood of a jaguar. It just can't. It, it, there you go. It, it's just there. Does music have a more lasting effect on the brain when it's in video form?
1: You know, this is a great question. Um, My sister sees colors when she hears music. Uh It's like for her, the experience is not just auditory, it comes with color. And like you, I've heard a lot of people relate not so much to the sounds, but to the visuals in music. And I I actually teach a form of somatic experiencing where all five senses engage with a particular song. And, And I believe that there's value in that. Whatever your particular learning style might be, maybe that's related. So if you're a visual learner, oftentimes you may have a visual memory that comes along with your music. I have visual memories with music as well. Some of them are real life, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And some of them are, are like we grew up in the MTV age, some of them are MTV, video style. So it's curious to me. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule about it, but I love the fact that you experience it visually as well as auditorily.
0: I know when I taught neuroanatomy, a very difficult course, I wrote a textbook on it, and I would create songs. We would sing the cranial nerves. We would sing the brachial plexus. And I've bumped into students now 30 years later. Bill, they can still sing the song, and that's how they know the cranial nerves. They sing my cranial nerve song I created. Isn't that? Yeah, I I love it. So there is a learning ability with singing, you know. Hey, didn't we start with the ABCs, the song? We began it at an yep, early age, yep. singing.
1: Yeah, music and memory are just tied in together. In, in music school, we, we would put words to all the melodies that we had to remember, you know, for tests, They'd play a song, and you'd have to identify it. And right. so you get, this is the symphony that Schubert wrote but never finished. You, you, you get all these, you know, musical cues, and they totally lock you in on the memory of whatever the song is.
0: Right. What about people that suffer from chronic pain? How can music help?
1: Oh, my gosh, there's such a beautiful study that was done by uh, Dr. Claudius Conrad at Massachusetts General back in the days when he was just a surgeon, right? He was an oncological surgeon. Right. He since became head of surgery, and he's done a bunch of stuff, but he's also a classical piano player. And in the ICU, he decided to just play some music in the background and see what happened. And the people who were listening to music uh, versus the people in the other ICU who weren't needed half the pain medication, that's a huge number. That's a big number. For something like music, right? 50% less. And they had a couple of, they mentioned stress. They had a couple of uh, decreases, 20% decrease in a couple of stress hormones. But their healing went up. Their pituitary, uh, what's it called? Pituitary uh, something or another, mm-hmm. growth hormone, I think. P- P- yeah, pituitary mm-hmm. growth hormone. Yeah. There you go. Had to use music to get to it. Uh, that level went up. So they had less pain, less stress, and they healed faster just with music in the background. Maybe they weren't even consciously listening to, like if they were asleep. Yeah, so that, when it comes yeah. to that kind of results, wow, how can that extrapolate out to chronic?
0: So oh, yeah. The,
1: there's it, a it, lot of chronic pain in the world. Um, and you, you, know,
0: don't, have, you it, don't have to review the side effects. Warning, if you listen to this song, you may experience blah, blah, blah. No,
1: like,
0: it's <laughs> like you do with pain meds.
1: Exactly. <laughs> my, my question is sort of like, why aren't we doing this more? Um,
0: exactly, yeah.
1: The the go-to is to the pill. I mean, let's face it. There's so much chronic pain, and there's not enough people to help. You know, fix it. And the medications are dangerous. So true. We we don't need that. (laughs) No, especially. Let's let's play around with it. See what we can
0: do. True. What about athletic performance? I know when I'm at the gym and I have certain songs that I play in my ear, it really motivates me to do more reps and not go home early. I'm like, oh, I'll stay at the gym. I'll crank this song. I wonder if there's been any research showing athletes have an edge that when they listen to music compared to those that don't, forget steroids, crank on your favorite song.
1: I think there's anecdotal evidence, but I haven't seen any research yet. We know uh, it works. It's sort of an obvious thing. Um, this is why the drummers, you know, back in the day, the fife and drum were at the front of the column, helping the troops, you know, march on long, on long hauls.
0: Right. Um,
1: the neurology, you probably, you might know something about the neuroscience of sound and rhythm as it, uh, as it's related to performance, because it's definitely a thing. It definitely works. Uh, distance runners that listen to music can run so much further with ease, and uh, we, we've got to pay attention to that because as performance goes. Aren't we all just getting tapped out? And don't we need some way of staying in yeah. the game and going the extra mile? It's there's a way to do this. And of course, for me, it's a natural because I grew up with music. I'm, it's all around me, so I just use it. And yeah. it, it could become natural for all. Of, like we talked about with the workout playlist, a playlist that's tailored to your specific requirements for starting out, warming up, um, engaging, pushing, and then coming back down, and uh, eventually. Relaxing, there's yeah, and a there's, for that and there's no the side effects like drinking
0: it. all this Red Bull and stuff for athletic performance. That's so oh, such junk, and I know, I, yeah, I think we were, were missing there. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about is you know the science out there that's uh, on the great effects of playing music on the belly of a pregnant woman, that it has on the mental health oh, of yeah. her baby. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I've I've read some stuff on that. Uh, a virtuoso violinist was listening to music, violin music, before he was born, and that. He he accounted for his ability to play so well because of that. Uh, my mom is a piano player, so I was listening to music that she was playing live um, before I was born. And that may account for why it is that I love certain pieces of music so much. Even those I can't play, uh, they're in there. Uh, there's so much that music does developmentally for us as embryos, us as in, newborns, us as kids— Through elementary school and beyond, music is a great way to integrate uh, the the visual thing with the motor skill thing in your hands if you're playing an instrument, with your ability to hear and notice the difference between sounds that are harsh and sounds that are peaceful or quiet. And all of that is developmentally rich, which is, I think, why kids that are musical uh, or are given music lessons early do so much better in the academic world. They've they've had early training on what it's like to bring your entire being, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, to focus in on some activity, and of course right. that's helping develop the corpus callosum. And there's there's just all kinds of science that says we got to do this. Why yeah. why we taking music out of schools? I have no clue, doctor. You know it's just yeah. it's counterintuitive. <laughs>
0: So, so true. yeah, I think this this is a, a topic barely touched at the surface on and in so many genres that it can affect our life. in the In the minute we have left, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners about you, the healing power of music, or where they can learn more?
1: I'm very glad to be alive and doing this today. Um, we did talk about suicide. I think it's important that we talk about those difficult issues in the context of a, a non-judgmental conversation about them and how important it is to experience big emotions safely quick way to find me and more information on that quest.musiccare.net probably be in the show notes there's Mm -hmm. free stuff there including a guide you can download about how to use music with resilience which is a big thing these days yeah
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for keeping us in tune with such a great topic. There's another pun, boy. <laughs> uh, well done. You're
1: instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> and, never mind. <laughs> Rhythmical.
0: <laughs> and again, to, oh, learn, yeah. Yeah, so to learn more about the healing properties of music, and go to uh, musiccare.net. And be sure and check out Bill's video library and informative blog posts. Some great information there that you can uh, get in tune with. And you can also learn more about Bill at BillProtzman.com, and his last name is spelled P-R-O-T-Z-M-A-N-N, two Ns, and follow him on Twitter or Facebook, at Bill Protzman. His music, music is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Check out this guy's brilliant, awesome music. Check those out there. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook, at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman, and if you heard Bill share something today that would Strike a chord with someone you know. Oh, no, another pun. (laughs) Be sure and send them a link to this podcast, available at dot com or RadioMD.com. And check out our podcast library and share segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. Sharing is caring. Let's get this word out. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned. There's another one. And stay well.